The Last Word with Matt Cooper. Today FM. It all happens here. There are probably still a few holdouts who refuse to believe that global warming is a man-made issue and that we need to do something about it if we're going to have a habitable planet for this generation and most certainly for future generations. And yet we had this COP27 summit over the last fortnight and it has come up with a few token gestures towards dealing with the crisis with which... We don't have much confidence, surely, that anything will really be done to put the measures into action. What was the point of the last two weeks? Well, we've two guests with us. Dr. Tara Shine, uh, co-chief executive of uh, Change by Degrees, an author of How to Save the, Your Planet One Object at a Time. Do you take any encouragement from what's gone on over the last couple of weeks, because even today I've seen possibly more significantly, Qatar has signed a major deal with China for the export of uh, liquid petroleum gas. Surely the world just continues on its way, no matter what happens at these conferences. Oh, Matt, that was the most depressing intro to this segment ever. <laughs> Sorry, I know. And I don't want to be like that. I don't want people to be accusing us of being a downer and racist. But, yeah, I, but, but yeah, the last two weeks do not seem to have given us any encouragement that anything is going to be done to make the future for this world better. Uh, you look, you know, there are elements to what you're saying. This is always going to be a low-key cop. It didn't have a big significant outcome. We're also, since we have the Paris Agreement, the focus now is on implementation, and implementation doesn't happen at COPs. It happens in countries. It happens in businesses. It happens in communities. It's about every, every body and every entity reducing their emissions. So, um, so, so that's the reality of it. So COPs are where we make multilateral decisions around international law about what needs to be done. So really, really important and really vital for getting things like the Paris Agreement over over the line and getting the rules and procedures of everything to do with implementing that over the line. That's where it's important. Where it falls flat is where it's not delivering enough on the implementation. And I think what we did see in Egypt um, and what I fear we might see again next year is we see the, the, the petroleum reliant, the fossil fuel reliant countries um, really digging in their heels and not wanting to do what's needed to be done to achieve that 1.5 degree goal. And that might sound like a number to you your listeners, Matt, but if we warm the earth more than 1.5 degrees above what it was before we started burning coal, we don't get to live like we live today. Um, So it's not a KPI in a business plan. It's not like an objective you set yourself in the new year and, oops, sorry, you missed it by January or February. It's actually like our future. It's the future of humanity. So it's not That's my point, Tara. I mean, I'm not arguing with you that we are facing this you know, potential extinction mm-hmm. event for so many people and a, a dramatic uh, d- developments for the quality of life. But yet I don't see any sign as a result of this conference and other measures that we are doing anything like near enough and everybody wants to pass the responsibility to somebody else. Yeah, no, we're not doing nearly enough. That is the God's honest truth. We have to do so much more. And, and we can do more in Ireland. So we did show great leadership as a small country at the COP. That is a point of pride. In what way? In, on the loss and damage negotiations in particular. So loss and damage is where you run out of rope. 
Um, so because you haven't reduced emissions, you have caused already dangerous levels of climate impacts and people and countries suffer losses and damages. That's losses of life, of GDP, of heritage, all of that that's gone. And that has to be compensated for because it's always the most um, vulnerable and most uh, least wealthy countries that suffer. So Ireland, we, we understand that and we understand that that's not right. And so the political commitment that that is not right and that some countries are more responsible, that we in the developed countries have caused that problem, which is having this unfair, unjust impact in other countries, and that that warrants us helping to pay for those damages. That is a really strong signal and builder of trust within the multilateral system. So that's really important. But you can't just pay for loss and damages and not reduce emissions. Otherwise, the losses and damages just keep getting bigger and bigger and the costs keep mounting. So even dealing with the loss and damage, we still have to put the focus back on achieving that 1.5 degree goal and actually reducing the amount of carbon pollution we're putting into the atmosphere. There is no way around that. And passing the book doesn't work. So this is governments have to do it. Every government of every country around the world. The blocking countries have to be called out and held to account. And then every business, every financial Sorry, but Tara, institution... Will they not just ignore it? And you say call out the likes of Saudi Arabia. They're still going to continue producing all the oil yeah, and gas and selling it on. Same with Qatar. And countries then, like Ireland would continue to purchase it because we don't seem to have put alternatives in place. Well, that's, that is in our power. Is, so it is in our power to put our own alternative in place. We have massive, massive potential there in terms for our energy security so that we're not subject to the vagaries of international markets and what the Saudis decide to do in terms of determining the price of oil and gas. We can be um, you know, energy independent, secure and low carbon by developing our own renewable energy. So there are loads of things that are in our power. The problem with countries like Saudi and, and Qatar is they actually don't want anything out of the COP. They'd rather it just went away. That's why they're impossible to negotiate they make, with. They make all the money. See, I want to bring in Siobhan Curran, who was with us a fortnight ago at the start of COP27, Head of Policy and Advocacy at Trocra. Siobhan, Tara there has been telling us about the extra or the money that Ireland is going to devote to countries that have suffered loss because of global warming. But do we have clarity? Is Ireland giving additional money or is it diverting part of its existing overseas aid package to that particular goal? Um, Well, at the moment, in relation to climate finance, Ireland, um, as as we've said before, just gives good quality climate finance, but has to increase the volume. And I think a lot more clarity and transparency needs to be given around um, ensuring that that's additional. I think in relation to... Let me just just clarify this. We don't know as yet if the announcement made by our government as to funding for compensation to countries that have been affected by man-made global warming because of what goes on in the Western world, including Ireland. We don't know if that's new money or we don't know if it's a diversion from existing overseas development aid funds. Well, this money for loss and damage, will it should be based on the principle of new and additional money. Um, and that that will be a core principle of it. Sorry, that's what you're saying should be a core principle, but is that the government's core principle? Do we know if that's where the money is coming from? Well, I think it, it has to be. I mean, at the moment, the fund has only been established. So I think the modalities of it, the sources of funding still need to be developed. But it will be, I mean, that is the... the 
the, the only way the fund will work is if it's new and additional money. And I think that is the intention of Ireland. And it's something that, of course, as civil society that we'll be pushing strongly for. Um, I, I was encouraged to hear Minister Ryan talking about looking to new and innovative sources of finance to fund this as well. Um, and I think that came through very strongly at COP from a lot of, you know, when we heard from the intervention of Mia Moore Motley from Barbados, she talked about a whole transformation of the financial infrastructure. So, I mean, what we know is that we need to shift from billions to trillions in terms of climate finance. Um, and so there will be new innovative sources that need to be examined in order to to mobilise this finance. And I think one um, suggestion which uh, Antonio Guterres also put forward was the fossil fuel taxes. So I think we need to be looking towards the big polluters. But also crucial is that historical emitters, um, including in the EU, Ireland, richer countries, the US, need to pay their fair share. And I think that really needs to be hammered home and we need to ensure that we don't start looking to other places and need to look to our own, like look to the EU to be taking leadership and paying its own fair share of climate finance. Well, go back to finish with you, Dr. Tara Shine, because we've heard that our minister, the Green Party leader, Eamon Ryan, is talking of diverting some of our corporation tax revenues to this cause. If we're to get buy-in here in Ireland, do we not need to be putting the money into investment in renewable energies, in retrofitting, doing things in Ireland to compensate those who are going to have to change their way of life, such as farmers, rather than sending the money abroad as maybe sort of to solve our conscience for what we're believed to have done? Yeah, so loss and damage isn't about a conscience. It's about it's about a wrong done, and I, I absolutely believe we can do both. I uh, presented a, a UN report that I worked on for the last two years to the COP when I was over there, and it it finds one of the things it finds is that we have all the resources globally that we need to achieve the 1.5 degree goal. We just aren't aligning them with investing the money in the right things at the moment. So I I believe we can absolutely, if we're clever, and if we look at some of these innovative financing mechanisms, to be honest. I was negotiating on these 10 and 15 years ago. They're not new ideas. They're really strong ideas, you know, whether that's a tax on aviation, like even a minor tax, even, you know, we all pay a euro more every time we like take a flight. It's only well-to-do people take flights, you know, when you look at it globally in the world. All of these things can, can generate then predictable sources of revenue outside, you know, the, the resources we take from our treasury for things like um, our contributions to climate finance. So there's more than enough to go around. It's about spending all money aligned with um, doing the right thing and with that 1.5 degree goal. Thank you very much, Dr. Tara Shine and Siobhan Curran for being with us. The Last Word with Matt Cooper. Weekdays from 4.30. Today.